This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Delighted to have you with me. Before I go to anything else, the Trump campaign team has released an advertisement, and I happen to have a copy of it. And talk about timely. I don't know where they're going to, if they'll play this on television in key markets. They should. I don't know if they have the money for it, but... Here now, the advertisement. Following some breaking news out of Athens, Georgia. Two colleges have canceled classes today as police look for a murderer. Lincoln Riley was described as a shining light. Dean's List nursing student. Police arrested 26-year-old Jose Antonio Andrade. Ibarra crossed into Texas illegally back in September of 2022, then was released into the United States on parole. Confident this border secure. We have a secure border. We agree that uh, the border is secure. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. The border is closed. The border is secure. We have taken unprecedented action. Look, the border is not open. Fox News can now confirm that Jose Antonio Barra was busted last year in New York City. But ICE didn't even have time to put in a detainer on him because, hey, he was already back out on the streets. You're not safe in Joe Biden's America. Now, what's notable here with this ad, this is from Make America Great Again, Inc., responsible for the content of this ad. It's from the Trump Super PAC. I don't know where all it's going to be playing. They should be putting this in the swing states. But what's notable about this ad is Jose Ibarra was across the border September 8th of 2022. And so all of these statements, starting with Chuck Todd asking Kamala Harris about the border, that's uh, September 11th. And then the White House press secretary saying the border is secure on September 12th. And then Joe Biden saying it's secure on September 15th. And then uh, Homeland Security Secretary and the press secretary on September 15th. And then September 20th 
of 20, all of 2022. So in the days after he crossed the border, it's the White House officials all saying, oh, the border's secure, the border's secure. They should be running the snot out of that ad across uh, swing states. Powerful ad with the timeline to show uh, what's going on. Just, just incredible. 877-973-7425 is the full number Greg's been holding patiently. Welcome to the show, Greg. How are you? Hi, Eric. Yeah, I was listening to your commentary about Lake and Riley's death. It's tragic and obviously preventable uh, and how people don't want it to be political or politicized, but it obviously is, and the root cause is our open border. Uh, you're well aware that the House passed a, a border security bill months mm-hmm. ago, H.R. 2, and Chuck Sumer never would bring it up in the Senate. But with this added push for border security, I was hoping it might be pressure put to bring that back up in the Senate since it's already passed the House uh, and maybe rebrand it as Lakin's Law as a push to get something done on this. Well, it, so what I'm told is, yeah, it's dead on arrival in the Senate. That There are some moderate Republican senators who also think it goes much further than they want to go in, in some of what it does. There are some Republicans in the Senate who say the way it's drafted, it would actually be less um, less secure than the Senate proposal in how numbers of deportees are counted and how they're, they're processed, that uh, it's actually less efficient. They should work on both laws together and combine them to take the best of each, but I don't know that they're going to do that. Uh, The speaker has told the president today that if they can't put American border security before funding Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan, that nothing's going to get funded, that there will be a government shutdown. I think there's going to be one. So I mentioned yesterday, next Tuesday and Wednesday, I will not be here because I will be in Washington. I'm hoping to see the Speaker of the House. I don't know whether we're going to be able to or not, but I will be chaperoning. I'm one of several chaperones, chaperoning a group of 8th and ninth graders through Washington, D.C. next week. Uh, my son asked if I would go with him. He doesn't like to travel with um he doesn't like to travel in groups. If, if if my wife or I aren't with him, I, I don't really blame him. He wants something else to do. Um, he's kind of a he, he, my 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 kids aren't antisocial but uh, they're introverted and, and when they're around crowds all day they want to be able to decompress somewhere and he just thought he wasn't going to get his restful night if uh he had to have a roommate and share a room and so I'm going to go be one of the chaperones and he also knew if we're really honest about it he also knew that I could get the class into places they otherwise couldn't get into which I'm already working on so uh, I, I've, they don't know it yet, but I have arranged for them. They're going to take a tour of the Capitol on Wednesday, and I have arranged for them to get a little more access uh, than they otherwise would uh, since Congress is going to be in session. They have no idea. Um, so it's going to be fun to be able to, to surprise them that way. In fact, Vice President Pence invited him to come by his office, uh, but now he's going to be out of town, so we couldn't do that. But in any event, we're looking at a government shutdown, uh, and, and that shutdown will happen as soon as Friday. Unless they can come to terms, and I don't know that they will be able to come to terms because of the border situation. What the Senate Republicans are asking the House Republicans to do is to delay, um, to, to, to give one more extension, one more continuing resolution 
for a couple of months because the House Republicans haven't been able to internally agree on a spending resolution. So what the House Republicans had decided to do, if y'all will recall this, and what uh, Speaker Johnson agreed to do was the House Republicans would actually pass their budget. The federal budget is divided up into like 12 or 14 appropriations measures. And several of the appropriations measures have not passed. So, for example, um, Health and Human Services, the Department of Education, a couple others, they haven't passed. If those don't pass, those divisions will set down, shut down on Friday. And, and what Republicans and the senators are saying is, hey, ex- do a continuing resolution for a few months while you guys in the House still sort out the details, but we can't afford a government shutdown. Senate Republicans are convinced that shutdowns are bad for the brand, and they don't want to do a shutdown because Republicans get blamed. Now, my personal view on this, Republicans always get blamed in a government shutdown, and rarely does the government shutdown actually have ramifications by the time the election comes. There's this mythology built up in Washington, D.C. that government shutdowns hurt the GOP politically, and that's not actually true. There's, there's no data really to back that up. So, for example, the government shut down in 2019, and, and you can say, well, look at what happened to the GOP. But that wasn't about the government shutdown in 2020. The most famous one was during the Clinton administration. There was a government shutdown, and the Republicans actually wound up picking up seats in the Senate in the next election. And yet it's always the senators who were so freaked out about a government shutdown. We are safer when the government shuts down, just for the record. When the government shuts down, Americans are safe. It's like in my state, the state legislature is meeting. They have 40 days to meet, and when that's up, you can take your wallets back out of your pocket and release your daughters from the basement because the legislature's gone home. Those of you in Atlanta are safe again. It's the same thing nationally. I don't mind a government shutdown. This one I might mind if the White House decides to shut down all the monuments because we were just part of our our tour was walking around like the Lincoln Memorial and stuff, And, and when Obama was president, the government shut down. They shut all the monuments down. You couldn't go to the Smithsonian. You you weren't allowed into you were they literally paid police during the government shutdown to keep people from going into the Lincoln Memorial, which was stupid. It, they were trying to make it as punitive as possible to punish the Republicans. And it did not work, by the way. What happened? Republicans picked up the Senate in 2014 and then the White House in 2016. It didn't actually hurt the GOP to have shut down the government. So we might as well shut it down. I would prefer you wait a week so that my kid's class tour is not disrupted, but uh, you know what? I'll take one for the team on this. That being said, they're working to find a compromise solution so that you avoid a government shutdown. I don't know that they can find one unless the Democrats are willing to compromise with the House on the border. The Democrats are the ones who have refused to deal with the border issue in a sane way. What the Democrats say is that, well, our voters don't want a secure border, except they won't say it that way because it's a political liability. So they suggest their voters that they want something more comprehensive, that they they need a larger package, but you don't really. The pro-Hamas Washington Post has a story out today, the headline, the economy is roaring, immigration is a key reason. That's right. Um, immigrants are picking up jobs uh, and and helping, and so that's their that notice. It, it's not illegal immigrants, though. It's not illegal immigrants. Foreign-born labor force has grown so fast as closed the labor force gap participation created by the pandemic. Except it's not illegal immigrants, and they're not really telling you that side of the story here. 
most Americans do understand as our birth rate is declining, uh, we're going to have fewer and fewer people unless we allow in immigration. There are sane ways to allow in immigration. What is so insane, however, is this um, this demand uh, to to justify massive waves of illegal immigrants into this country claiming they somehow benefit our economy. You know what they do? They tax social services. They drain social services. In Denver, they're telling government employees that they're not going to lose their jobs, but they may not be called into work and not paid for the days they're not called in because they need the money to cover the costs of the of the illegal immigrants who are packing into Denver. I played you the clip earlier of Eric Adams in New York saying that they now need to revise their sanctuary city laws. You got the, the mayor of, of Chicago admitting his city is overwhelmed by the illegal immigrants. And yet the pro-Hamas Washington Post wants you to believe that all the illegal immigrants are the ones bringing up the jobs as opposed to legal immigrants in this country. We need legal immigrants. Y'all, my dad's first-generation American. His, his parents are from Sweden. We are a nation of immigrants. That offends some people these days to say that, but it's God's honest truth. But we need a sane process. We need a sane process. We do need a process that encourages technological innovation in the country, that encourages the best and the brightest to not just come here to get their degrees, but to actually stay here. One of our problems as a nation is that we valued allowing students to come to this country and get degrees, but then they go back to China and help the Chinese. We shouldn't be encouraging them to stay here and become American citizens and root against China. But none of that's on the table right now. What is on the table is, do we shut down the border or not? Do we secure the border or not? And we should be securing the border. That should be a no-brainer. That should not be up for debate. And because the Democrats control the White House and the Senate, that's actually up for debate. It's a common-sense proposition. Most Americans, Democrat, Republican, and Independent, agree with it. It's the Democrats in power. Now, why? Why? Because the Democrats are held hostage to an angry progressive left. Speaker Johnson was at the White House. He came out a short time ago. These are some of his remarks on this issue. About the meeting with the president. We had a a, a couple of meetings there. It was uh, frank and honest. I think we need more frank and honest conversations on Capitol Hill. So I was happy to participate in this. We did uh, that as a group. And then I had a uh, one-on-one for a period of time with the president, just he and I in the Oval Office. Uh, let me say this. When I showed up today, my purpose was to express what I believe is the obvious truth. And that is that we must take care of America's needs first. When you talk about America's needs, you have to talk first about our open border. I've been, I believe, in uh, maybe 20-something states over the last several weeks, going around the country, uh, appearing at events with my colleagues, and we're hearing from the American people of all parties and all persuasions in all cities and all states who feel this acutely. They understand the catastrophe at the border is affecting everyone, and it is top of mind for all the American people for that reason. So I brought that issue up repeatedly today in that room and, and again one-on-one with the president. I think that's our responsibility uh, to bring that up. The other Now, uh, we'll see if they're able to come to terms with this. Um, I'll, I'll keep seeing here what the speaker has said at this conference, maybe bring you some more audio when we come. We're going to have a government shutdown if the Democrats are unwilling to compromise on the border. And remember, Republicans at this point, they got nothing to lose. You got a number of them saying that if if they're not willing to do anything about the border, we're just going to shut it down and leave it shut down until they compromise. And 
with the slim pickings in the House of Representatives and a bare majority, that could be a reality. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson, the Speaker of the House. Mike Johnson left the White House a little while ago. I, I played some of his remarks. Here's a little more from the Speaker of the White House. And we have been working in good faith around the clock every single day for months and, and weeks and over the last several days, quite literally around the clock, to get that job done. We're very optimistic. I, I hope that the other leaders came out here and told you the same. We believe that we can get to agreement on these issues and prevent a government shutdown, and that's our first uh, responsibility. Uh, you also heard, I'm sure, that there was um, discussion about the supplemental uh, spending package, and uh, I was very clear with the President and all those in the room that the House is actively uh, pursuing and uh, investigating all the various options on that, and we will address that in a timely manner. But again, the first priority of the country is our border and making sure it's secure. I, I believe the president can take executive authority right now today to change that. And I told him that again today in person, as, as I've said to him many times, publicly and privately over the last several weeks. It's time for action. It is a catastrophe and it must stop. And we will get the government funded and we'll keep working on that. So we'll that's the Speaker of the House short time ago at the White House. Now, the president uh, attempting to speak uh, about what all the other people said. He's got his na- note card in front of him, so surely this goes well. And also, we need to, uh, we, we need to, in terms of the supplemental, we need to deal with the Israeli portion. Um, maybe not. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the, the Democrats and a lot of the Republicans want to take care of Taiwan, Israel, Ukraine at the same time. But the Republicans are saying we're happy to do this. You just got to fund the border first. You got to secure the border first. Give resources to ICE to be able to stop the flow across the border and to stop sending people all over the country and expedite de- deportations. And the Democrats are dragging their feet on that. If they really want to help Ukraine, if they really want to help Israel. They're going to have to do something about the border. It's just that simple. And yet the Democrats, I think, would rather lose to the Russians at this point than secure the American border, which is kind of a, a terrible indictment on where they are right now, that they would they, they would rather lose everything than secure the border. Good gracious. That's, a, that's where the Democratic Party is right now. And they say the Republicans are the extremists. They say that. Uh, the rest of us know what's actually happening out there. Now, let me tell you what's happening with Vision Computers. If you go to Vision Computers and get a computer from them, uh, you're going to get their world-class tech support as well, their help. It's not if something goes wrong with your computer. It's if you don't know how to do something with this beautiful, marvelous machine they're going to give you. They can build you a laptop or a desktop, and then they give you a phone number you call, and instead of queuing you up, instead of making you wait, instead of having a return phone call, someone's going to answer the phone and answer your question. You don't know how to save a file. You don't know where a file is located. You want to do something on your computer that you know it can do and you can't figure it out. Faster than a Google search, they're going to be able to help you. So they build you a computer and save you money. They build you a computer you want as opposed to the one-size-fits-all at the big box store that's going to be obsolete next week. And then they service your computers. They can do this for your home or your office. Think about this. you got 15 employees. Vision builds all of them computers, and then they all have the phone number to call if they have a question for email support, for printer support, whatever, so you don't have to pay that guy to be your in-house IT. Save that salary, reinvest in your money. You can do all of this with visioncomputers.com or 404Compute. Call them at 404Compute anywhere nationwide. Tell them I sent you. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let me go to the phones here. Brian, you're up next. Welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. Uh, big fan of your show. Uh, just have a few, quick uh, few points. 
Um, I know you're saying that the Democrats want the border open and whatnot. Um, just to be completely fair, calling balls and strikes, Speaker Johnson had a fair a bill that, you know, Democrats gave up a little bit. Republicans gave up a little bit. If anything, if you really look at the bill, which I'm sure you'll agree, Republicans got way more than what the Democrats got in that bill. But because Donald Trump has his hand so far up, Mike Johnson's you-know-what, and he's controlling him, that's the only reason why he didn't bring it up to the floor, because Trump doesn't want any kind of victory, bipartisan victory, that will make Joe Biden look good, which means that he cares more about himself than the American people, per se. Uh, the okay. fact that anybody's still supporting Trump at this point is crazy, but I'll, let, I'll hear you out. Okay. All right. So I, 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 I don't think it's a fair characterization to say that Trump's controlling Johnson and has his, essentially has turned Johnson into his Muppet with his hand up his rectum. It's not Johnson, uh, but it is a significant portion of the Republican conference. Uh, Trump has made very clear he does not uh, want the Senate bill passed because he thinks this is a winning campaign issue for him. Uh, the problem here is not actually Johnson. The problem here is the Republicans have a two-seat majority right now. And the Republicans have one of the Republican rules is that if a majority of the Republicans in the conference don't agree on a piece of legislation, it can't come to the floor. And under the rules that they agreed on to govern themselves, a majority of the Republicans don't agree on the piece of legislation. They want H.R. 2. So I wouldn't throw Johnson under the bus in this. It's it's not his fault. It's a majority of the Republican conference doesn't support the measure. And so Johnson can't bring it to the floor himself under the rules. Now, what can happen is there is a procedure in the House of Representatives. If 218 members support a piece of legislation, they can sign what's called the discharge petition, and they can bring the matter to the floor themselves if there are 218 votes. What's notable is no one's attempted a discharge petition on this. So it's a talking point on the left to say, and in fact, I, I actually saw this online this morning, and, and it was on MSNBC this morning, on I think on Morning Joe, they were saying essentially the same thing, that the president controls Mike Johnson, he's a puppet of the president, he doesn't have his own free will. That's really a talking point, and the proof is in the discharge petition. There is no discharge petition. If there was a discharge petition, Mike Johnson is un, not allowed to stop the discharge petition. The discharge petition, again, if... 218 members of the House sign a discharge petition and say, we want to vote on this piece of legislation. The Speaker of the House can't stop them. No one has filed a discharge petition on this piece of legislation, Democrats nor Republicans. So it's not Mike Johnson's fault. Uh, and, And the blame on Mike Johnson is cheap and easy to do because he's new on the job. He's dealing with this, this uh, fractious Republican conference. But if we're going to go with intellectual honesty and balls and strikes, you can't blame him because no one's even attempted a discharge petition. But under the rules of the House Republican conference, he can't bring something to the floor if a majority of the GOP itself doesn't support it. So he's just following the rules. Whether you like the rules or not is a different matter. But Johnson's bound by the rules. He, he swore to the GOP he'd uphold those rules, and he is upholding those rules as best he can. Now, The fact of the matter is the House Republicans passed H.R. 2. Y'all remember the whole Schoolhouse Rock stuff, don't you? Schoolhouse Rock, how a bill becomes a law. And you you got the House and the Senate, and they're supposed to, to get together, and you make it through the House, and then you make it through the Senate, and if the bills are not aligned. You have a conference committee 
and you get people from the House and people from the Senate to sit on the committee and they try to come up with a comprehensive piece of legislation that reflects the concerns of all sides from the two pieces of the legislation, and then it goes to the House and it goes to the Senate. Neither side can amend what comes out of the conference committee. It has to be voted on. If both houses vote on it and it's approved, it goes to the president who signs it or vetoes it. And if vetoes, they can override it. That's how legislation works. The House sent H.R. 2 to the Senate, and the Senate gave them the middle finger, said, we're going to do our own thing. So the Senate didn't use H.R. 2 as the basis. What the House wants is if we're going to do a conference committee, you've got to use H.R. 2 because we passed it first, we considered it, we passed it, and the Senate's saying no. So blame goes on all sides for the situation. I would just note that the House Republicans had a very aggressive piece of legislation. Now, H.R. 2 is not a panacea, and frankly, I think some members of them have turned it into an idol that this is our perfect piece of legislation and it's got flaws. But so does the so does the Senate. It has flaws as well. All right, back to the phones. Bruce, welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. I was just listening to your previous caller talking about well, you know, the, how the Republicans in the House should have taken up the bill. Both sides were giving a little bit. I look at that legislation, and I'm glad that the Republicans have not taken up that bill because to me that was codifying a certain level of illegal border crossings. Right, we were going to put that into law. That you know, a certain amount of illegal, illegal border crossings were acceptable. Back to the budget activity, the data that I looked at over the last 20 years, if you look at where do we spend the most money on border enforcement by fiscal year, it's been the last two years. You want to talk about perhaps, you know, maybe there's correlation but without causation here. But it strikes me interesting that when you look at where we had the most, you know, the most illegal border crossings the last two fiscal years, where we spent the most money, amount of money <laughs> – in border, in border Patrol in the, last, you know, in the last number of years, the last two years. So the more money we spend, the more illegal crossings we get. It's not a money issue. Yeah, yeah you know, this is like the, the school education issue. Uh, Washington, D.C. is the worst schools in the nation. They spend $50,000 per kid. Um, worst schools in the nation tend to have the most money spent on the failing schools. Same thing with the border. This is not a, this is not a money issue, except here is the problem on that, where we're spending the money. And this is like you can tell the Biden administration is run by a bunch of academics who've never worked in the, in the for-profit sector because as they've spent more money on Border Patrol and ICE, what they've done is they've grown the bureaucracy at the supervisor level. They haven't actually grown the number of boots on the ground to secure the border. It's like colleges raise their tuition and then they hire DEI officers and they expand the administration. They don't actually expand the number of teachers. So the the pupil to teacher ratio uh, keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and, and blown out and they do it in college. They're doing the same thing in the border. The number of administrators and DEI officers and like within Homeland Security has exploded using the budget, but the actual number of on-the-ground Border Patrol agents is, has stagnated, and they're deeply, deeply disaffected. By the way, I thought it was very notable um, this week. Axios is doing—so you need to understand this. <clears throat> Axios is definitively a left-wing publication. I have friends who write at Axios. And even they will acknowledge behind the scenes Axios has drifted to the left. Axios was the first national press publication to embrace pregnant person instead of pregnant woman uh, and the first to use unhoused instead of homeless. When you're changing the language to placate the left, you're clearly on the left and Axios is doing that. Axios last week ran a story claiming that actually the border is secure. Actually, 
The border is less open than the Republicans say. And the Border Patrol's union quoted that piece on social media, and it was just crying with laughter emojis. That tells you everything you need to know about that view. It is, uh, is it, it, it's just, it, it, they're not serious about it. They're not serious about it. You could write a very simple piece of legislation to close the border tomorrow. But you know what? 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 Hey, y'all, did you know what? You don't even need a piece of legislation. Because under the current law that is on the books, the president of the United States can say, you got to seal the border. He can be an executive order. There is existing law on the books that the president of the United States to stem the flow of people coming across the border can declare a border emergency and secure the border under existing federal law. He can do it. It's what Biden's considering announcing at the State of the Union. And what he wants to do is he wants to throw the Republicans under the bus. Like like my last caller who, who wanted to blast the, the, the Speaker of the House and say, I'm just calling balls and strikes, but actually uh, missed the balls and the strikes. The, the president wants to say, well, the Republicans didn't pla- pass the Senate plan. Therefore, it's the Republicans' responsibility. Except if Biden does the executive order, the Republican response is really, really easy. Uh, why didn't you do that last year when you said the border was closed? Because the border crossings per day hasn't changed dramatically. The only thing that's changed is Joe Biden's polling on the issue. This is a big winning issue for the GOP. I, I, so I, I, I want to I say this on the record. I got to be honest with you during the last commercial break, changed into my gym clothes because I got a, I got a, a CrossFit appointment I got to get to within 10 minutes of getting off the air so then I can make my son's tennis game. So I'm not recording any more videos on the show because I don't want everybody to see me in my gym clothes. Y'all want to see that. Y'all do not want to see that. But I want to say this for the record. On my program, y'all know my views on the former president. Y'all know my views on the present president. The people who love Joe Biden are convinced he can't lose. And the people who love Donald Trump are convinced he can't lose. And the people who hate Joe Biden are convinced he can't win. And the people who hate Donald Trump are convinced he can't win. I don't particularly care for either gentleman. I'd prefer Trump to Biden. I think people are really deluding themselves if they think Donald Trump can't win. Because Donald Trump is ahead in the polling, which he wasn't in 2016 when he won. He wasn't in 2020 when he lost, and he lost. But he's ahead now. Not only is he ahead now, his popularity at the end of his presidency was more popular than Joe Biden is right now running against Donald Trump. Trump lost in 2020 being more popular than Joe Biden is right now. And Trump wasn't popular in 2020. It's just he was more popular than Joe Biden is right now. But the media, the Democrats, uh, and even some Republicans who are deeply hostile to Donald Trump can't conceive of him winning in an environment where college students are being murdered by illegal aliens, the economy is bad, and war is spreading around the world, and don't look now, but the North Koreans are building a nuclear arsenal and helping the Russians with their war effort and possibly about to go to war with South Korea. 
Donald Trump can win. The world is becoming deeply unstable. And Joe Biden told Americans, if you vote for me, I'll return to normalcy. I'll return to normal times. You won't have to worry about Washington, D.C. You won't have to worry that I'll start World War III, and you won't have to worry about the chaos. And what happened? Instead of returning to normal times, he decided to hire that that trans dude who dresses up like a dog to have sexual relations with other men and steals people's luggage and pointed him to some nuclear uh, regulatory agency position. What happened? He appointed a bunch of wild people to go around the country and and persecute any local government that didn't that in local school board that didn't want to put boys in girls locker rooms. What happened? He decided to go hard left on economic issues and sparked inflation. What happened? He decided to try to re-engage with Iran and gave them a lot of money and they funded Hamas with it and started a war. What happened? He took his eye off the ball. What happened? He's 80 some odd years old and when you give him note cards even he's no longer coherent. What happened? He promised normalcy and brought us all the chaos he said Donald Trump would bring. You are kidding yourself if you think Donald Trump can't win in that political environment. Do not be delusional. I don't know who's going to win. I don't. I think it's going to be very close. Incumbency and money have advantages for Joe Biden that Trump can't put a price on. But don't tell me Trump can't win in this sort of environment. This is going to be a very close election. Every vote is going to matter. I do wonder how many people are going to decide they just can't bring themselves to vote for Donald Trump, and that gives Joe Biden an advantage. But also, there are a lot of people who will just stay home, and that actually might help Donald Trump. I, this, 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 because I hate him, he can't win nonsense has got to go. Uh, be realistic. All of the major headlines right now benefit Donald Trump. And if you're a Democrat, you should be paying attention to that. And you know, deep down, I'm right. I'm also right that we probably have more economic um, ups and downs in our economy. Look what's happening to the regional banks that are overly leveraged in in, um, corporate real estate properties. The uh, the FDIC is starting to warn. Uh, The Federal Reserve is starting to warn. you got to be careful out there. Swiss America wants to teach you how to protect your hard-earned assets. And they have this report to see it raw on cash. You know, I've been talking a lot about the government of corporations. They want you to use plastic debit and credit cards because then they can control purchases. They can generate social scores. They can do all this sort of stuff. Swiss America wants to teach you how to convert or protect your hard-earned assets and also be able to use your physical assets and not be relying on plastic. You can get their special report, The Secret War on Cash. You call or text my name, Eric Erickson, to 800-289-2646. Get the Secret War on Cash Report. It's completely free to you guys. All you do is mention Eric Erickson when you call or text 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646. You can also go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. That's SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Message and data rates will apply. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. I hope you are doing well. You know, when I talk about the, the insanity of the left... This is happening more and more. This is from Fox News. Uh, Remember the other day I was telling you about the uh, Vermont basketball game where a school forfeited the match because the other side had a trans player who's clearly a male who injured three different players from the the other school's team. Well, the coach of the basketball team that forfeited the game uh, said the state has banned his team from competing in future tournaments. 
Chris Goodwin, who coaches at Mid-Vermont Christian School, so the team was notified of the transgender player on the other team, but it wasn't until the playoffs last year the team ended up facing them on court. So Goodwin was on Fox and Friends uh, with his attorney, Ryan Tucker, to discuss they took legal action over the state's decision to bar them from upcoming competitions. He says, I got four daughters. I've coached them all at one point in their career playing high school basketball. I've also filled in for the boys coach when he can't make a practice. I run those practices. The boys play at a different speed, a different force than the girls play. The girls basketball team forfeited the game against the team with the trans player. And officials uh, have now banned that school from participating uh, in statewide sports. So they're, they're filing a lawsuit. And now th- this comes on the heels of, remember, the the school that uh, the trans player injured players on the other team. The, that the left would look on this, or that the left would look on um, Aaron, uh, what's his name now, uh, lighting himself, Bush will lighten himself on fire and self-immolating and say, this is brave, this is courageous, this is, it is a death cult. Progressivism is a death cult. It is, it, 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 it's, it's just, it's insane to me. So there's a related story out. A, a mother um, is writing, uh, she's writing, where is this, uh, at Reality's Last Stand is the, the substack, and that her daughter was diagnosed with supposed rapid onset gender dysphoria, and the insurance company and medical providers went overboard to get the daughter transitioned as quickly as possible, and so the mom decided to start posing as someone who wanted to transition and did a 231-day process of feigned gender transition and says, gender specialists with Kaiser Permanente were eager to serve me and give me what I wanted, which would all be covered by insurance as medically necessary. Emails were returned quickly. Appointments were scheduled efficiently. I never fell through the cracks. I was helped along every step of the way. It's just, it is remarkable what an industry this has become and how so many medical providers, Planned Parenthood and others, are quickly willing to embrace the transitioning process as a way to make a lot of money um, off of, off of, it's just, it's remarkable that the left has lost their mind on this sort of stuff. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.